Welcome to another episode of For the Love of Chiropractic. I'm your host, Dr. Robert Freeman. I've been in practice for over 30 years, and I continue to work in a million-dollar practice that I built, ran, and sold. I've taught, lectured, and coached our profession, and helped so many chiropractors build the practice and the life of their dreams. And now, I want to help you do the same. So here's today's show. Today we're going to talk about something that some people absolutely love, in fact, are in love with, and other people are absolutely scared to death of, or even afraid to talk about, and don't even want to think about it. This thing that we're going to talk about is sometimes considered a taboo subject and isn't discussed in polite company, and it's even talked about in the Bible. But today, we're going to spend time talking about money. So let's handle the Bible aspect of money first. A lot of people say, well, the Bible says that money is the root of all evil, but that's not what it says. If you read the book, it says the love of money is the root of all evil. The evil comes from the love of money, the objectification of the money, the fact that they just want more money. And if indeed you love money just for the sake of the money, there's a good chance that you'll lie, cheat, or steal just to get more money. But if you're providing loving, honest, caring, wonderful service, service to humanity, you deserve to be paid a fair wage for providing outstanding care or services to people. I've known doctors over the years who say things like, well, I love providing care to my patients. And because I'm providing loving, caring service to my patients, it feels weird to, to collect money in exchange for providing loving service. And when this comes up, when I'm working with a private client, I tell the story of the yellow sweater. The story of the yellow sweater is about a doctor who's in their office taking care of their patients. And there's a wonderful woman who comes in who needs continuing care and she's doing well. And she says to the doctor, I can't afford to pay you any longer, doctor. I'm terribly sorry. And the doctor's frustrated and he's not sure quite what to say. And the doctor looks down and he sees that the woman is knitting. He says, well, what are you knitting? And the woman says, well, actually, I'm making a sweater. I, I have this pattern and I just love making these sweaters. And the doctor thinks for a minute and he says, well, you know, you're doing great with your care and I hate to see you go backwards. So I'll tell you what, could you make me a sweater? I'd love to have one of your yellow sweaters. She says, well, that, yeah, that'd be fine. Sure enough, he continues to treat her for the rest of the week. She comes in on Friday and she brings wrapped up this beautiful yellow sweater and he, he pulls it out and he tries it on. She says, wow, that's amazing. Thank you so much. He says, I'd really like to see you on Monday just to see how you did over the weekend. And the woman says, well, okay, I guess I can do that. So that evening, the doctor goes home and of course he takes the yellow sweater home with him and he walks in the door. He puts his stuff down on the kitchen counter and his wife says, what's that? He says, oh, and he proceeds to tell the story about the patient who made the yellow sweater for him in exchange for his care. The wife says, well, that's a really good looking sweater. Do you think you could get one for me? He says, well, yeah, sure. Actually, I know I can. She'll be in on Monday. Monday comes, the woman comes in and the doctor says to the, to the patient, my wife is absolutely in love with that sweater that you made for me. Is there any chance you could make one for her? 
And the woman says, well, sure, Doc, I, I can whip one of these out in two or three days. It's, it's my pleasure to do that for you. And the doctor says, I'll tell you what, I'm going to let you continue with care this week in exchange for the yellow sweater for my wife. So the woman continues with care and she continues to get better. And at the end of the week, sure enough, the woman brings in the yellow sweater, perfectly sized for the wife. The doctor says, thank you so much. Let's check you on Monday and see how you're doing. Goes home. The wife is in love with the sweater. Oh my God, that's terrific. Do you think she could make one for each of the kids? You know, Christmas is coming and that would be so wonderful if everybody had one. Well, we have three kids. Yeah, I, I guess we can do that. So sure enough, Monday morning, the doctor has the conversation with the patient. She says, oh, three kids sweaters? How big are your kids? What's, you know, what size would you like them? No problem. I can whip those out by Christmas time. That's easy enough. Doctor says, okay, let's continue with your treatment schedule just the way you have been on a three-day-per-week schedule. And we'll take care of you if you can get me those sweaters. And this all seems like a wonderful, fair exchange. The woman is doing what she loves doing. The doctor is doing what he loves doing. She's knitting sweaters. He's providing great chiropractic care. The doctor's happy. The patient is happy. This all seems like a really good idea. Well, wouldn't you know, in the middle of all this, the wife goes to the local grocery store and she happens to be wearing the yellow sweater because she really likes it. And as she's checking out at the local grocery store, the owner, the local grocer, says to her, ma'am, that's a really pretty yellow sweater. I've never seen one like that. Where'd you get that? And the woman says proudly where she got it from. Her husband, the chiropractor, is taking care of a lady who makes these sweaters and she made it as a gift for her. And the grocer says, that's really, really pretty. Do you think you, you could get one for me. My wife would love a sweater like that, and she's your size. And the wife says, well, I'll talk to my husband, but I don't see any reason why not. So the wife talks to the husband. The husband talks to the patient. The patient says, sure, another one just like your wife's? There's no problem with that at all. Give me a week. I'll have that one done. The wife takes it back to the grocer two weeks later, and she gives it to him and says, here's a, here's a gift. I hope you enjoy it. And the grocer says, I can't accept this as a gift. You have to let me pay you somehow. And she says, well, no, I have no cash value for it. He says, take your groceries this week in exchange for the sweater. It, it seems like at the very least it would be a fair exchange. And wouldn't you know, the husband was taking the car to the local garage to get the oil changed. And when he was there, the owner of the garage saw his yellow sweater that, that he was wearing. And the owner of the garage says, Man, where'd you get that? That's a great looking sweater. And again, the chiropractor tells the story about his friend, the patient. And the owner of the garage says, can you get me one? He says, yeah, I can arrange that for you. And the owner says, I'll tell you what, your oil change is on me today, but if you get me that sweater, we'll call it even. Doctor says, sure. Talks to the patient. She's happy with her care, continuing to improve. She makes a sweater for the owner of the garage and everybody's happy. Not only did the doctor have a sweater and the wife and the kids, the patient was so grateful for her ongoing care as the doctor took her through relief, correction, strengthening, and into maintenance care, she continued to make him sweaters as payment. 
So now the doctor had a bunch of yellow sweaters at home in his closet. So did the wife. So did the kids. In fact, they have plenty of yellow sweaters. And that's awesome. They have all the yellow sweaters they're ever going to need. And that, my friends, is money. Money is something that we exchange through the fair law of exchange for compensation for things that we need or want. But instead of carrying yellow sweaters around, we just carry money because it's easier. In today's world, we don't even carry money. We simply have our cell phones and we can pay for anything on our phone because the money has become an electronic figure instead of cash in hand. Because the law of fair exchange says you provide service. I say provide loving service, provide wonderful service and charge a fair fee in exchange for that wonderful loving service you provide to your patients. Because money in and of itself is not good or bad. It just is. It's just like a yellow sweater. It's something you exchange. What's really interesting is something that I learned in a book called The Four Pillars of Investing is the origins of money. Where does money come from? Well, money used to be linked to the gold standard, right? You could walk into any bank with a $1 bill, a $5 bill, and get that amount of gold if you wanted it. And what you would do with gold, I, I have no idea because you needed the money, but fine. So, well, how did gold get to be the thing? Because there's a gold standard. Okay, well, what is the gold standard? If you go back hundreds of years before gold was the standard, the standard unit of currency was a herd of cattle. I don't know how many males and how many females, but a herd of cattle was the, was the standard. And this, the reason that cattle was the standard is because it could be used for everything. It could feed you. It could clothe you. In a pinch, it could be used to make shelter, shoes, anything else you might need, even transportation. But you sure as heck couldn't carry around a herd of cattle. So a herd of cattle, a certain number, became linked to a gold coin. So now fast forward to today, we don't deal in herds of cattle. We don't deal in gold coins, although you still can purchase both of those things. How do you purchase those things? With cash, with money, green money. Although today we rarely even deal with green money and it's digital currency on our phones. But the rules of wealth and becoming rich and wealthy haven't changed over all the hundreds of years. There's a bunch of standard rules that you've probably heard if you know anything about money. Things like pay yourself first, work out a budget and then stay and live within it, get rid of your debt, build an emergency fund, Make sure you get your life documents in order, a will and things like that. Make sure you have life insurance. Some people say to use this as an investment. Other people say not to. That's a whole nother topic. I think life insurance should be used to cover the expenses in case of a death to make sure the mission becomes completed. If you're the primary breadwinner in your family and God forbid something happened to you, would your family be able to continue living and raising the children the way that you would hope that they would be. On the other hand, there are certain types of life insurance that become a forced savings policy. And if you're not a saver by nature, then this works very, very well to force your savings. 
But when it comes to your financial prowess, as a doctor in practice, you have the opportunity to make a huge sum of money by providing care to lots and lots of patients. And having worked with so many doctors over so many years, the number one thing that I see a young doctor go do as soon as they start to make money is they go buy a new car. And certainly, you don't have to keep driving the beater that you drove through chiropractic school. And you deserve a new car. Okay, I get that. But remember, that car is a depreciating asset. The soon as you buy it, it's worth less money than you paid for it. And it continues to be worth less and less and less. So buy something sensible until you have so much money that spending a lot of money on a car doesn't seem to matter. This philosophy of buying the car you need as opposed to the car you can actually afford extends beyond just cars. One of the fastest ways to grow your wealth, and there's a difference between rich and wealth, and we'll talk about that in a, in a few minutes. One of the fastest ways to grow your wealth is as your income increases, don't continue to raise your standard of living to match it every single time. You're living a very comfortable lifestyle. You're in an apartment, you're in a townhouse, you're living and doing okay. As the money starts to roll in, don't be in a rush to spend that and buy the new house, buy the new car. Let the money stack up. Let your income continue to increase. Accelerate and pay down your debt. Get out of debt as fast as you can. And by doing that, you'll become wealthier a lot faster. There's a saying about debt and interest. One of my favorite sayings, and it was taught to me by someone who made all of his money in the insurance and investment business. People who understand interest earn it. People who don't understand interest pay it. Which side of that equation are you on? Are you earning interest, money in the bank and investments, or are you paying interest on your credit cards, on your student loans, on your mortgage? And that interest, while it doesn't seem like a lot, it's extra money that's on one side of the equation or the other. And I would rather that money be on your side of the equation, on my side of the equation, not on the other side of the equation. Do I think you should live in a small house or a small apartment your entire life? No, of course not. I think as your income rises and anybody, any accountant, any financial planner would look at it and say, oh my God, you can easily afford that you're in the right place because your wealth is accumulating. So let's talk about the difference between being rich and being wealthy. It's been said that rich is the money that you spend. In both cases, you're making enough money. You're making, quote, a lot of money, unquote. But if rich is the money you spend, wealth is the money that you have. Wealth is financial power. Wealth is potential energy. And as you continue to earn more and more money and save and invest more and more money and pay off and having paid off loans and debts, that wealth, that financial power, that potential energy that you keep put, putting into the account grows and grows and grows like a spring that's being wound up. It gets stronger and stronger and stronger. And there's more and more power behind it and more things that it can do. And I don't think that that should be stored forever. 
I think you put away a fair amount, 15 or 20% of every paycheck, of every dollar you, that you ever make. And at some point in your life, you'll look at that because money grows more money and you'll go, wow, I've become wealthy and you can do anything you want to do. Don't ever raid the account prematurely and say, well, I'll pay it back later. Because not only have you spent that money down, you've also lost the, the potential growth that the money has by growing itself. Talking about money with a client one time, and he said to me, you mean so you want me to work and make all this money and never spend any of it? And I said, well, not exactly. There's a concept that I call the money machine. Your life is a money machine. Well, what do I mean by that? A money machine is a machine that makes money. Well, that makes sense. Imagine your practice. No, your life is a money machine. You're doing what you want to do. The way that you want to do it. And the byproduct that it spits out at the other end is money. When you exercise, maybe you want to be in better shape. Maybe you want to be able to run a marathon. Maybe you want to lift weights and have a great body. Those things are all great. When you do your exercise, is the purpose of your exercise so that you create more carbon dioxide? I exercise really, really hard and I love the exercise. And man, I can't believe how much carbon dioxide I'm pumping out. No, the carbon dioxide is a byproduct of the exercise that you're doing. You love the working out. You love the lifting the weights. You love going to the gym. You love the good sweat that you get. I totally understand that. The carbon dioxide is just a byproduct. And just like falling in love with chiropractic, your job, helping people, helping people live a healthier life, longer, better, is your job. When you fall in love with that process, the money just starts to pile up. I know a doctor that once told me he was having so much fun in practice, he didn't have time to go to the bank to take the checks that the accountant was writing him out of his practice to deposit them. He just would say, I'm having so much fun seeing patients and helping so many people. And he was walking around with literally tens of thousands of dollars in checks that he hadn't even deposited. And the accountant finally said, you have to deposit that money to get it out of the account and put it into your personal account. And so he did. Talking about the yellow sweater story and the money machine reminds me of one more famous story about money and knowledge. There's an ancient story about two sisters, the sister of knowledge and the sister of money. And they're twins. They look the same. But what's interesting is the sister of knowledge is pure and loving, where the sister of money is surprisingly fickle. The sister of money, when you pay attention to her, she runs from you. But when you pay attention to the sister of knowledge, she showers you with wisdom and praise. And the sister of money is being fickle, is very jealous of her, of her sister of knowledge. So when you pay attention to the sister of knowledge, the sister of money just showers you with more and more money, trying to get your attention to pay, to pay attention to her. And yet the moment that you start to pay attention to the sister of money, she turns her back and runs from you and does her best to hide. 
It's my sincere hope that every chiropractor, every chiropractic assistant, every person that listens to this podcast truly uses the information presented here to become wealthy. Fall in love with your job. Fall in love with the process, every step of it. Save appropriately for your future. Never raid the account. And one day you'll look at that account and find that you have become fabulously wealthy all during the process of providing phenomenal loving service to as many people as you possibly can. And thank you. All right. And that's our show for today. If you have a question about today's show or your own practice, feel free to reach out at thelovofchiropractic.com. Before making changes to your practice, be sure to seek legal advice regarding those changes and regulations in your state. For the Love of Chiropractic is an RGF production, all rights reserved. And thanks for listening. Original music provided by Hunter Rich Music.